This is Kobe R. Rice, and I am back again for another creative update. It has been about, what, two months? Maybe a month, month and a half since I last talked to you guys, and so I am back. Um, wow, with episode number 112 of the epic, fantastical journey of a black female sci-fi writer. As I mentioned, I am Kobe R. Rice, novelist, screenwriter, TV writer, and director slash producer. And I'm coming back to you with my quarterly roundup for Q1 of 2021. So, whew, um, you guys who have been with me for a while, as small of an audience as you guys are, I love you, I appreciate you, and you guys know that this is going to be like the big mama <laughs> of creative updates. And so, um, yeah, we're going to just jump right into it. This particular quarter was actually <laughs> simultaneously super challenging, especially in January to about mid-February, but also incredibly rewarding. And when I say rewarding, I don't mean emotionally, spiritually, and intellectually, like solely. I do mean those things. But I also mean like actual rewards, like monetary rewards um, due to some very significant wins that I have accomplished, experienced in just the first three months of 2021. So this particular quarter has been extremely validating, extremely fruitful, and a really great, amazing way to kick off my year as um, a writer um, particularly as a TV writer who is stepping out into the industry and making her first formal introduction of herself to the industry ever, honestly. Um, so we're just going to just, let's just get right into it. Okay. Cause it's so many amazing things have happened and I just want to jump right into it. Um, first and foremost though, um, I do want to talk about the most important thing, which is, uh, health and wellness. You guys know that, um, even though I'm not on here trying to give like exercise tips or diet tips on this channel, <laughs> it's a little bit outside the scope of this channel. Um, I am very, very uh, adamant about protecting one's health and emotional, spiritual, psychological balance while you are on this creative journey as a writer, as an artist. So health and wellness always has to come first because without your health, you don't have anything. So just to update you guys, I think I said this on my last podcast, but First and foremost, I am officially fully vaccinated. So I am looking forward to the summertime because I have a very, very strong suspicion that at least in New York, let's put it that way, we are going to be experiencing quite a bit of a return to normalcy. And that is very exciting for me. Um, <laughs> so I can't really overstate that. And as a matter of fact, actually, Governor Andy Cuomo the currently embattled Governor Andy Cuomo due to his um, licentious, lecherous, apparently dark, shadowy, you know, past and present. Um, despite all that, he is actually trying to instill a, a vaccination pass system called Excelsior Pass, for those of you who might not know or might not be tuned into New York news, wherein basically we are now or will be allowed to have events but um, you will not be able to get into those events unless you can show and prove that you have been vaccinated. And you will be able to do this, I think, either through um, like giving your information where you can be looked up in a database or you can use your phone um, where you have like the pass on your phone. You swipe it just like you would swipe with buying groceries or um, if you use Omni, if you're using our um swipe system to get on the buses and stuff like that and trains here. You're familiar with that. But you can just basically like have the pass on your phone, swipe it, and you get automatic entry into large events like, you know, concerts and gatherings where, you know, the COVID-19 uh, precautions are a, a little bit more lax because everybody there is vaccinated, you know. Um, I'm already seeing a lot of pushback from idiots, frankly, online. <laughs> I'm trying not to be judgmental around the issue of vaccinations, but I do have to be very uh, clear about my stance on it. And that is I support science and I support vaccines. Um, and I don't believe that the government cares enough 
about like my individual Monday life to be sticking trackers in me, etc. Like that's sort of like an overstatement of my importance to the American government. <laughs> no shade. Um, they don't care about us that much, y'all, um, if you haven't been able to tell. Um, in any case, that's a whole political conversation. But um, going back to my original point, um, I've seen a lot of pushback from people who are really against one, getting vaccinated, but also having events where they're only allowed in if they are vaccinated. And I don't really understand that, frankly, because I think it's everybody's individual right and choice as an American citizen, as an individual person with your own mind to decide whether or not you want the vaccination. I support vaccinations, but if you don't want to get it, I'm not judging you generally. I'm not, I'm cool with it. But I don't understand why the rest of the world has to be in lockdown simply because you're making your own individual choice. Um, also, we live in a free market and free economy, which people tend to support until these free enterprise businesses decide to freely engage in putting restrictions on whether or not you can come into their business and do business with them, um, which is basically going to be the issue, right? Because most restaurants, probably most places that want to open up and get back to normal are going to be using the Excelsior Pass um, to allow people to come back and, and relive life normally. And if you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be allowed in because you are potentially carrying a very deadly and dangerous virus into an environment of people who have been responsible enough to do everything that they can to prevent the virus from spreading. So um, just very, this is a whole political side note that I'd not, I did not mean to get into, but um, very interesting the ways in which like certain sectors of our population are against vaccinations, but then are also against people putting up their own boundaries um, and against businesses putting up their own boundaries as to whether or not we have to deal with the unvaccinated populace and we don't. Just like when you go to school, you are required to have a certain set of vaccinations in order to get into that public space. This is going to be the same issue. So there is precedent for this. And I hope that as many of you out there as humanly possible, if you feel comfortable, please get the vaccinations. If you don't, be prepared to be in quarantine for a lot longer than everybody else. And that's just really a public health issue. It's more so of a public health concern and public health um, guardianship, which is, you know, what we pay our lawmakers to do, you know what I'm saying? If they weren't doing their jobs to make sure that we collectively on a federal and state level are healthy, like what are we paying them for? Anyway, let's move on because that took about like five minutes of time that had nothing to do with my podcast, but I had to get on my soapbox because again, health and wellness is so important. Um, one other thing I want to put out there for all of you writers or like working people, actually most of us are working people. <laughs> um, but for those of you who like work to the point where you can't really do meal planning or cooking your food. I have invested in Daily Harvest and no, I'm not an affiliate. No, I'm not gonna give you any sort of like uh, affiliate link where I get a kickback. I'm just not really like, I love Daily Harvest, but I'm, I I haven't monetized that channel in this channel in that way. Um, but I do want to highly recommend them. I am having a really wonderful experience using Daily Harvest, which is basically a plant-based um, like, pre-prepped meal kit delivery service, right? Where you can get smoothies, you can get snacks called like bites, which are really delicious. Um, vegan ice cream, vegan uh, harvest bowls, um, oatmeal bowls, what else? Um, flatbreads, and now they even have almond milk cubes that you guys can make. And these pre-frozen, pre-prepared meals are ready within five to six minutes in the microwave where you adding some water or some broth. And um, it has been like wonderful in terms of not only helping me to be a little bit healthier and a little bit more plant-based, I'm probably never going to be a full-on vegan or full-fledged vegan. Like don't hold your breath on that. I'm trying, but it's probably just never going to happen because I do like fish. Um, I do like chicken. I do like pork. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what it is. But I will try to make more sustainable um, local choices as opposed to dealing with like larger corporate brands that like discriminate against people and harm the environment and harm the animals. Um, so that's sort of my feedback on that. But in terms of if you want to lean much more plant-based, Daily Harvest is a really wonderful way to go. 
Um, you just take a harvest bowl, which is, which is what I take to, to work um, for lunch. And I take maybe some shrimp or some lean chicken to add to the harvest bowl. And it's really lovely and wonderful. Their soups are really fantastic. And it has also had a like, major impact on my health and me getting the vegetables and the fruits that I need in my diet. So I'm moving more from meats and starches to more like leaner meats and like more vegetables and fruits. And Daily Harvest is really helping out with that. As a matter of fact, I've already dropped over five pounds in the past month, which is like great. <laughs> so I love it. Um, and you guys know that I was like trying to get rid of my little, you know, COVID extra love that I've gained over the past year. So for those of you who are busy artists or just busy people, um, I really do highly recommend investing in some kind of meal kit or meal planning service. I like Daily Harvest. Of course, I'm not going to be on it for a long, for like forever, because eventually I do have to make time to do my own prep for meals. But if you're just starting out and you need a quick and easy solution because you're just so busy, that is a great place to go. Okay, let's just jump into the actual tea, all right? The actual tea. It took us 11 minutes to get there, but we are now there. This quarter has been fire. Things have been on fire, and then it has been fire at the same time, <laughs> okay? All right. Um, so... What have I been doing this whole quarter? Let me pull up my little checklist here. I'm just going to go by category. So in terms of writing, you guys know I've actually been on the writing train basically since Q4 of 2020. I mean, I've been on it all of 2020 because like I was in a pandemic, Well, we were all in a pandemic, but I was in quarantine, uh, teaching from home, homeschooling my child, and I had way more time to write. So I've been writing, I was writing the whole 2020, but in terms of putting my writing into like a specific direction with a deadline and an actual product that I wanted done by the end of that deadline, that really kicked off in October of 2020. So for the past two quarters, which is basically the past six months, I have been a writing demon, okay? A writing crazy person, okay? Um, and it resulted um, for this particular quarter in me finishing a complete almost page one rewrite of When in Rome, which I'm really happy about. I think I said that, mentioned that in my last podcast. I also finished a really solid, complete, polished draft of Ezekiel, which you guys know is a TV pilot that is based on my novel series, The Books of Ezekiel. I'm really happy with the pilot, but there is more work that I need to do. And actually, I sent that second pilot out, Ezekiel, to two of my closest dramaturg friends who are amazing and also whose like vision and perspective I trust. And I'm seeing like the strengths and the weaknesses that they're all stating are consistent. So that means I have to change something. So I'm going to do another round uh, basically from today, which is April 1st, by the way, happy April Fool's to all of you, to the end of this week probably late on Sunday night. Um, and I'm going to just work, work, work on getting those edits applied to yet another draft of Ezekiel. Um, and then I think I'm pretty much going to be done with that. So I will have two really top of the line, super polished, like authentically mine pilots. Um, that I feel very comfortable sending out to agents and managers and doing queries on, okay? We're gonna get to queries in just a second because I am starting to get to the place where I feel like it's potentially time to query, but we'll get to, we'll get there. I also worked on the third pilot that is going into my portfolio through Jen Grisanti's StoryWise teleseminar and her TV writing course online. <laughs> it took a minute for me to remember what the title of that was. Um, just those two courses together, plus her fantastic Facebook group, is completely revolutionizing my life. But I had to put that revolution on a slight hold while I handled and celebrated some other things. So we're going to get into that in just a second. And we're going to come back to that pilot because, you know, there's some exciting news there. But um, that's basically what I worked on and what I finished and polished for Q1 with regard to writing. You guys are not going to believe, and I'm clapping into the mic right now because I just, uh, I'm feeling it in my spirit. 
you are not going to believe how many fellowship lab and contest applications I have written over the past three months. Are you ready for this? Please be ready. Your girl submitted over 40. Yes, four zero, four zero, forty 40 applications to a variety of different opportunities in TV writing um, and in screenwriting in general. And I was exhausted at the end of it. Uh, so some of the opportunities I submitted to included, I'm going to give you my, my little master list here. Move this over here. Okay, it included the Mentorship Matters Fellowship and Lab, which I'm waiting for feedback on, crossing my fingers. It also included the Circle of Confusion Writers Discovery Fellowship. It also included... What else? I'm looking at this list here, trying to get the labs out of the way first. I think those are the three labs that I... Oh, it also included two rounds of the film Independent Episodic Lab. So I applied with When in Rome, then I applied with Ezekiel. And then it also included a whole long laundry list of opportunities and competitions that I submitted my work to. So that included two rounds of the Austin Film Festival, two rounds of We Screenplay Diverse Voices Screenwriting Lab, the Humanitas New Voices Program, um, the Script Pipelines 2021 TV Writing Contest. I think I did two rounds for that, or I'm waiting for the second round. I think I did, did two rounds for that. The Launchpad TV Writing Competition Tracking B, that contest, <laughs> the Tracking B contest, um, the Screencraft Screenwriting Fellowship, the ISA Fast Track Fellowship, um, the Page International Screenwriting Competition, the True Story and Public Domain Screenwriting Contest by Screencraft. A lot of Screencraft up in here, y'all. Okay, a lot of Screencraft. Uh, what else? The Emerging Writers Genre Screenplay Competition, two rounds of that. Whew, the Sustainable Arts Foundation, which is a whole different kind of lab and fellowship opportunity. I applied to the Writers Boot Camp fellowships that they're having, it seems, every single month, which is great. So I applied to their African-American Perspectives Fellowship. I also applied to the writemovies.com contest. And what else? Oh, big one. I applied to the Warner Media slash HBO, HBO Access Fellowship with both When in Rome and Ezekiel because they wanted two samples. So I gave them two samples. I also did the AMC One Hour Pilot Award, which was, I think, an attached award that was a part of the Austin Film Festival contest or something like that. Child. Oh, I also applied to the Screen, screen Craft Sci-Fi and Fantasy Contest for both scripts. And I also applied to this major one. I mean, they're all major, but the Imagine Times Skydance Grounded Elevated Sci-Fi. I wanted to apply to that for two rounds, um, but I wasn't able to because I didn't find out about it in time. It was so weird because I knew that Imagine um, and Skydance, or rather Imagine was doing all these collabs with Skydance and Netflix. But every time I checked, it was never a category that like I specialized in or it was solely for features. And then when I finally checked and it had a category that I specialized in, I had maybe the weekend to finish the application. So that was really stressful, but I was able to get one application in, so that's great. Um, and yeah, so with that being said, over 40 different opportunities, and there are plenty on here that I don't even remember submitting to, I just submitted. And yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, the work that I'm producing now at this point in my writing career is more than likely the best work I'm able to produce at this moment with the current skills that I have. Although I feel like that is going to change over the next three months. I do believe that through my editing and getting feedback and reading more and writing more, I'm gonna expand my skill set in the next three months once again and get like to like a different level. And so I'm gonna keep applying. I still have a whole bunch of other different opportunities to apply to, but for, for Q1, your girl's at over 40. My goal for the year, the year was 
30 opportunities minimum. I have surpassed that only in the first three months of the year. <laughs> so I, by the end of it, as you can imagine, um, writing every day, editing every day, reading my stuff every day, reaching out, getting feedback, applying to all of these different labs because, you know, the contests are easy to apply to. You just have your sample and you submit it and you pay the fee. But the labs, you have to actually like write bio biographies, <clears throat> mini bios, personal statements, answer like other questions that they pull out of the rabbit's hat, you know. I think for like Warner Media, for example, this year's question, it was cute. I liked it. It was, if you could give a TED talk on anything, what would it be? So I didn't describe the TED talk. I actually gave the TED talk in 500 words. And I was really proud of what I submitted. There was even a haiku up in there. I mean, your girl is, is just working. <laughs> I am just working every single angle that I can to show people how wicked and amazing I am with the pen or with the keyboard, okay? So just imagine each one of these labs and fellowships requires not only like a really polished sample or more samples, but also requires that you are writing your personal statements and everything as though they are samples. So that's really insignificant to think about. So that is that on that, okay? <laughs> Um, as for Creative Uni, I actually wasn't able to complete any courses. I mean, I completed one mini course, um, a financial course, because I enjoy being financially literate. And I also completed, rather finished reading one book. Um, but for the most part, I've just been reading and writing my scripts and other scripts. So yeah, Creative Uni and book reading suffered a little bit this quarter, but not because I'm resting on my laurels, more because I'm producing as opposed to consuming. And I also, as I mentioned before, did jump into and dive into Jen Grisanti's um, teleseminar, her StoryWise teleseminar, and her um, How to Write a TV Pilot That Sells course. Amazing. I actually completed half, more than half, of the How to Write a TV Pilot course, but I have to undergo now the... Um, in-depth case studies that she just, oh my gosh, completely blows out of the water and breaks down these pilot episodes, these pilot episodes, excuse me, like it's nobody's business. So loving it. So I have to kind of get through those case studies in order to consider myself like finished with the course. Um, but I was able to develop a workbook for myself based on the course that she has provided to us, which is great because I can use that workbook now to develop my future pilots because I will continue to write, as I mentioned, all the way up until the end of June. Of course, I'm going to keep writing beyond then. But as I mentioned in my last podcast, from January to June is like pilot TV writing, TV writing season. And then from July to the end of the year is more novel writing because that's really, I need to stay on that and um, be on top of that. Okay. Guys, this is now time for the major, major announcements because your girl completely just is killing it, this Q1. And usually I wouldn't be this braggadocious, um, but I have to celebrate my successes when they come because Lord knows this journey is going to be fraught with no's and defeats and denials and failures. And I have to celebrate these successes now. So... I did experience some loss in terms of my screenwriting outcomes, but I also experienced many wins. So we're going to start with the losses first. When in Rome was sent out to the 2021 ISA Fast Track Fellowship, and it was sent out to the 2021 Screencraft Screenwriting Fellowship. Okay. Unfortunately, it did not make the cut for either one of those programs. Okay. However, I did end up winning the grand prize in the writemovies.com contest, which blew me away because I knew that When in Rome was strong. I knew that it was a fire, hot, sexy concept, but there's a lot of competition out there, right? And people who have been doing this longer than me, people who have like, 
you know, they've mastered certain elements or all elements of storytelling. And I knew that I was going to, in my heart of hearts, I knew I was going to be maybe like a finalist or at least a semifinalist, had no idea that I was going to win the grand prize. So I'm so stoked about that. And the writemovies.com contest, you know, in the larger scale of things, people might look at it and be like, oh, that's that's not a big deal. That's not nickels or that's not, you know, that's not tracking B and that's not launch pad. Like, okay. And to those people, I say, go somewhere with that. Stop being a hater. Let your girl revel because it is a massive win for me. And it's my first win with my first finished script ever. And I don't care how big or how small the contest is. It is opening doors. All right. So yes, I'm excited. Basically what I get from this win is I get a nice fat four figure cash prize, which is great. Always good to have more money. Um, I also get a free year of development notes on the When in Rome script, which is fantastic. That will help me to develop the script even more, make it even more sexy, and also will help to like lift up my own writing skills, right? It helps to elevate me. I also get guaranteed pitching to the industry through the contacts um, of the people at writemovies.com. So I'm excited about that. It, us being in a pandemic makes this a little bit more challenging because we don't get to pitch face to face, but um, they will be reaching out to their contacts via email, via phone and stuff of that nature um, so that they can pitch my concepts to those that they would feel are interested. And then I also would be able to have a lunch with a Hollywood exec once the COVID pandemic is over. So this was my first major win, my first time out of the gate, and I am amped. I like almost fell out of my chair. I was so excited. Um, not second prize, not third prize, grand prize, and I'm so amped. It's such a wonderful way to start off a career path. Um, because most people don't start off with winning grand prizes. And I, I don't say that I don't say that to pat myself on the back. That's just really what it is. Um, so that gave me a lot of hope and a lot of positivity and a lot of, you know, so it, it was a really wonderful boost after a very long three months of uh, just working hard and doing my thing. Um, a follow-up to that, as a follow-up to that, when in Rome was also ranked in the 91st percentile for the first round of we screen of the we screenplay diverse voices contest. So, this particular contest has not announced its quarter finalists yet, but when in Rome is ranked extremely high, um, far above average, I would say, obviously being in the ninety first percentile, which was also a really wonderful uh, validation for me as a writer. And I do expect when in Rome to be advanced to the quarterfinals. That is my expectation, but you never know. You really never know. All right. So that's great news for when in Rome. It was rejected in two other contests, but it killed in two other contests, which is fantastic. I also applied to the African American Perspectives Fellowship at Writers Bootcamp. And basically that just requires you pitch your idea um, based on the theme that they are doing for the month. And so I pitched it during February, which was African-American History Month. Yes, okay. Um, and the concept, I have to say, again, this is a pat on the back for me. This concept is fire. This concept is going to sell when I'm finally able to get the pilot done. And so I was very confident in when I, when I pitched it. And I just barely barely missed the top three slots for a full scholarship at Writers Bootcamp. They were giving out three scholarships. I was ranked as number four. So to me, that's a major win because I missed it by a hair and I could have missed it by being at the bottom of the pile, but I wasn't. And I'm really excited because also in addition to being like number four, um, I won a $1,000 scholarship to Writers Bootcamp 
for their basic training, which is again going to help me to elevate my skills. So I'm super excited about that. Combining Jen Grisanti's training with the Writer's Bootcamp training for the pilots that I'm working on now would be, oh, heaven, okay? Bellissima, all right? So the entire basic training program actually cost $2,500. I won $1,000 off, so I would only have to pay $1,500. However, I have just put in for their second, rather, I think it's their third or fourth, but their next upcoming fellowship is for Women's History Month, which has just concluded. So I submitted yet another idea that I feel is pretty good for this particular fellowship. And I'm hoping that I actually am able to win, um, which would give me a free scholarship, um, that a fully paid scholarship to their writer's boot camp uh, program. So we'll see. For now, though, I have $1,000 that can be put towards any boot camp experience that I want. So that's really exciting. So that is my third win. Then um, another win, it's sort of like a semi, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, not a sem- it's not a semi win. But um, so Ezekiel, the pilot, was also submitted to the We Screenplay Diverse Voices writing screenwriting contest. And unfortunately, Ezekiel was not ranked nearly as highly as When in Rome, which is understandable because when I look at Ezekiel now, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, I know where I can tighten this, fix this, remove that, you know, and I'm getting feedback on it. So the feedback made a lot of sense. It ranked currently in the 69th percentile, which is not as glamorous as the 91st percentile, but it's still in the 70th, almost 70th percentile. Um, which is great. That means that um, it's currently being ranked better than 69% of the stuff that's been submitted, which of course I want to improve its ranking, but it's still not bad. So for me, that's that's a win, that's a validation. And it also helps me to understand how Ezekiel stands on its own as a pilot and like, again, where I can improve. So, you know, kind of like a, a semi win, like a happy little nudge. And it's like, yeah, yeah, this is this is good. This is this is all right. This is great, but this can be better. You're gonna push yourself harder. So I appreciate that. But the major news that I just got just yesterday, which I was so excited about, is that Ezekiel placed as a quarter finalist in the 2021 Screencraft Screenplay Fellowship Contest. So you remember when I told you a few minutes ago that When in Rome was completely kicked out of that contest and didn't even place? Ezekiel made it as a quarter finalist in that contest, which is insane because in terms of like plot and um, convergence and seamlessness and stuff like that, objectively, When in Rome, I think, feels a little bit more seamless. But... Ezekiel is the better character piece, in my opinion. And I think that that is what put it over the top in terms of getting it into the quarterfinalist list. So it's crazy how different contests um, will rank your script. Like a script that you think is fantastic and is doing fantastically generally might not make the cut for a certain contest. And other scripts that you know maybe can use a little bit of improvement might completely resonate with someone who was reading your script in a bigger contest, right? So yeah, that's really exciting. Your girl made the quarterfinals in this um, Screencraft Screenplay Fellowship contest. And now, because I submitted through Coverfly, I now have four days to update the Ezekiel pilot and to make the edits that I need to make before it's passed on to the next judge for the next round. So I'm super excited about that. I'm obviously going to be working today, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to make all the edits I need to make and to make it look polished and sexy and take it to that next level. And then I'm going to resubmit and cross my fingers and hope that it makes the semifinals. So yeah, and then um, a wonderful experience that I had was actually at my job this month in terms of like my wins. I was selected amongst um, my the staff members at my the school that I work at to speak on a Women's History Month panel um, for like women who are like 
great and amazing and are doing great things. And um, my leadership team very graciously picked me out to have a discussion about what I do as a writer, as a novelist, as a screenwriter, and as a director, because that is my life outside of me also being an educator of theater at this school in Harlem. And that was a really lovely, wonderful surprise. Um, and it was very fantastic being able to bring scholars into that artistic, professional, creative side of my life. And yeah, I guess people now know that I have a lot of irons in the fire and I have a lot going on and that I am, for the most part, balancing everything pretty well and doing pretty well for myself. And I'm really proud of me. I am. And, um, you know, this is all on top of, as you guys know, I'm a mom too. So, yeah, it's me doing a lot, me hustling and bustling and breaking my buns. And I'm seeing that all of my hard work is finally paying off and being fruitful. And I want to keep up that momentum. So those are my wins, y'all. I made the quarterfinals in the contest. I won the grand prize in the screenwriting contest. I won a $1,000 scholarship in another contest. I ranked in the 91st percentile in another contest. I was selected to be on a panel. Um, and I also made the 69th percentile in another contest. Um, all of these wins, as I said before, I wouldn't say that this is unheard of per se, but it is pretty uncanny for a first time screenwriter. And um, it's not to say that I haven't, you know, I sat down on day one, not knowing anything about screenwriting. And then on day 30, I'm winning prizes. That's not the, that's not the story here. That's not the case. But um, for this being my first time out into the industry and to be winning all of these things and to be ranking this highly, is for me personally pretty impressive. And I think in terms of the typical story of screenwriters is pretty impressive overall. But that's just my opinion. You know, I'm pretty new to the industry, relatively new to the industry in this way. So we'll see. And I think now, potentially, probably by the end of April, early May, is the time for me to maybe start writing query letters for managers and things of that nature. I do kind of want to wait a little more to see what other wins or placements I might get by the end of Q2. So for now, I might just kind of chill and maybe casually work on some query letters and make sure that I'm applying the edits to my scripts and just polishing and polishing and polishing my stuff before I start going out to individual managers and agents. But um, I am very much keeping that in my purview and keeping that in front of me in terms of a goal that I have for this year. I will be sending out some queries when it is appropriate. People say that writing queries doesn't work. Um, I know of many people who have actually gotten agents and managers through querying, so why not? If it's a great concept and you are a writer, especially if you're a diverse writer and you are bomb at what you do and they feel like you're marketable, why not? send it out? Why Why would they not sign you if they think they can make money off of you, right? Um, and the more I am able to win and show and prove my talent and my skill and my hard work through these contest placements, the more I have on my resume to pitch. Likewise, I have to keep writing and producing more samples. So having said that, knowing what I have to do going forward in my creative career, let's very quickly talk about what's coming up for Q2. So with all of this fantastic news and success behind me, what is the plan for Q2? Obviously, keep writing, keep grinding, keep hustling, all right? That's one. So in terms of my writing, um, I plan to continue working on polishing up Ezekiel. That's going to take me to the end of this week before I kind of officially sort of move on and give Ezekiel the breathing space that it needs, which is going to be about maybe three months or so. I'm going to do that. For the month of April specifically, I am compelled to work on my spec script 
which is, if you guys don't know what spec scripts are, well, there's two definitions, but the definition I'm talking about is when you write a sample episode for an existing TV series for the purposes of putting it in your portfolio and for the purposes of uh, showing showrunners and agents and managers what you can do with pre-existing worlds, right? So the script I am going to be working on, specking, for the month of April is going to be The Mandalorian. Love that series so much. That is actually my dream staffing job right now, okay? That is my dream job in terms of if you were to ask me what show I want to write for, Mandalorian. It's sci-fi. It's lush. It's like amazing. It's action-packed. It's sexy. The action scenes are amazing. The CGI is incredible. The world building is amazing. Um, the ways in which the design, the monsters and the creatures and the different civilizations and the cultures is amazing. This is completely up my alley and in my wheelhouse as a sci-fi writer and world builder and culture and civilization builder of my own novels. Like this is exactly where I need to be. It is exactly my voice, exactly my, um, my theme and exactly my genre. So that's what I want. And that's going to be, in my opinion, a really fantastic selling point because there are certain parallels that I see between myself as a writer and my life experience and things that I'm seeing in The Mandalorian as well. So I am super amped about all of that. And I'm not saying that whatever I write in my applications is going to automatically like have somebody hire me for that show, but I do feel like I am the perfect fit for that show if they're looking for another writer. So I'm just putting that out there into the universe. I'm specking The Mandalorian. My dream is to staff on The Mandalorian. And that's what I want. <laughs> okay? That's just what I want. Mandalorian's what I want. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so for April, finishing The Mandalorian spec script. That's number one priority. Uh, as I said, finishing a major edit of the Ezekiel pilot. And then I'm going to submit to the last handful of contest that I'm waiting to submit to. So that includes two rounds of Scriptapalooza for Ezekiel and for When in Rome, two rounds of Slam Dance for Ezekiel and for When in Rome, and then other sort of smaller ones or like Insta pop-up ones that I wasn't paying attention to or didn't know about that seemed like a good fit. Um, Genre-specific ones, definitely I'm going to be applying to. So that's going to be April's push. Mandalorian, finishing Ezekiel, applying to the rest of those contests. For May, if you guys are in the industry, you know that May is Fellowship Month, TV Writing Fellowship Month. So I'm going to be applying to the CBS Writers Program. That's actually due on May 1st. <laughs> so I have to get that done first and foremost. NBC Writers on the Verge Program, um, I'm applying to. That's due, I think, on May 10th. The Walt Disney ABC TV Writing Program, I think, is typically due by May 31st. And then the WB Writers Workshop is also due by May 31st. Of those four programs that I have to apply to, CBS and WB are the ones that require specs. So I would be sending The Mandalorian to them. And then NBC and Walt Disney, they want two original pilots. And so um, I'm already pretty much in like Flynn with that. I'm not saying I'm definitely going to get those, get into those programs, but in terms of producing material, I have my portfolio ready for submission for NBC and Walt Disney. Once The Mandalorian is finished, I will have a fully fledged portfolio for CBS and WB. And that's really exciting. So May is going to be all about polishing, polishing, polishing that portfolio, um, you know, kind of spit shining it. And then also writing those personal statements, those biographies, the, the little mini short answer questions that I have to respond to to apply to those programs. So May is going to be TV Fellowship Month. Um, then I also want to finish up the second half of this animation pilot that I worked on in 2020. So I'm going to have, just have that done. It's halfway done, like literally at the halfway point. And I just have to write 11 more pages. So that's going to be done. That's going to be edited, rewritten, polished, spit shined, etc. Um, and then I'm going to submit that to the Screencraft Animation Contest, which is um, basically going to be due or finished on May 31st. So that's also going to be a May push. And that's that for May. So May is going to be about fellowship applications and getting that animation pilot finished and submitted. And then in June is when I'm going to finally come back to finish Jen Grisanti's uh, TV writing 
TV pilot course and her StoryWise Teleseminar course. And by looking at those two courses, I'm going to do a finished, polished draft of my... At that point, it'll be my fourth pilot. Right now, it's my third pilot, but I guess it's being moved to slot number four. But it will have... Um, I will have finished pilot number four, which... That means by the end of June, I will have finished four pilots and one spec. So I will have five scripts, five really polished, well-done scripts in my portfolio by the end of June. And then I think after that is when I'm going to start querying agents, managers, production companies, etc. Because I'm just going to be actively like hustling no matter what happens. In my career, if I get these labs, I'm going to hustle. If I get these fellowships, I'm going to hustle. If I get these contests and I get these wins, I'm going to keep hustling. I'm just going to be hustling regardless. Like, it doesn't matter how many wins or how many losses I have. It's going to be all about the hustle and the bustle. Um, and then um, between the start of Q2, which is today, April 1st, and the end of Q2, which is June 30th, I will have heard back from a variety of opportunities I applied to. So I expect to hear back from, for better or worse, I expect to hear back from the Sesame Street Writers Workshop, the Circle of Confusion Writers Discovery Fellowship, the Mentorship Matters Program, the Film Independent Labs that I applied to, the Sustainable Arts Foundation. Those are things, those are five programs that I should have heard back from, for better or worse, by the end of Q2. In addition to that, I should have gotten semi-finalist, finalist, and winner news for the uh, Screencraft Screenwriting Fellowship. I will have gotten quarter-finalist and semi-finalist feedback for the Screencraft True Story and Public Domain competition. I will have gotten feedback for the quarter-finalist and semi-finalist um, portions of the 2021 Diverse Voices Screenwriting Competition for We Screenplay. And then I will have received quarter-finalist news for the script pipeline TV writing contest for both When in Rome and Ezekiel. So there's a lot happening for Q2 and a lot of seeds that I've planted that I get to now reap in Q2. And that's just how it's going to go. And of course, I have no idea how well or how poorly I'm going to do in any of these opportunities. But I'm crossing my fingers, I'm busting my buns, I'm working hard, and I'm staying positive. And of course, consistently being steeped in gratitude and just reflect reflection, I guess you can say, in terms of my fortune. You know, a lot of people when they become successful just assume that it's all them and they're just the baddest in the game. And there's a certain element of truth to some of those stories, but another kernel of truth is that you are good, but you worked really hard to get there. And you also happen to meet with opportunity, good timing, and luck. And none of us do this by ourselves. And so it's important to acknowledge our wins, but also to acknowledge the ways in which people help us and support us. People believe in us and support us and support our voice. Um, and it's also important to recognize that timing and the universe and karma, this is just me, me and all woo-woo, but this is what I believe, it all has its timing. It all has its day. Like when something is meant for you and it, and the timing is right and it's, and things are ready for you to reap them, etc. what is for you cannot be kept from you, if that makes sense, when it is time for you to collect. And if you've put in the work and if you're being a good, kind, compassionate, generous person. I think that you have to have all those things together in order to really reap positive benefits from your hard work. And I do try my best to try to like show up fully and 100% in each one of those areas of my life. And I do believe that, you know, the ways in which I reflect um, how I continue to, to try to deepen my spirituality, um, living in positivity and gratitude, cutting out those things that are not good for me and don't serve me and don't support and love me and what I'm doing the way that I need to be supported and loved career-wise or otherwise, like slimming those things down and kind of taking them out of my life. 
have been very, very integral to me being focused and being able to put all this positive hard work and energy into the things that I love to do, which has led to very fruitful outcomes thus far. So I like to do more of what's working for me and I'm going to continue to do that, continue to try my best to show up in the best way that I can. Um, and when it's time, send the elevator back down. Um, and also just as like a side note, there are three super important, amazing people who have really supported me and my career and my dreams. Two of them are my best friends from my dramaturgy program in Arizona, the MFA program that I graduated from. And you guys know who you are. They're not watching this because they don't know I have a podcast, but um, they have really helped me. They have dramaturged my scripts. They've given me feedback. They've given me love and support. Um, they always pour into me and I'm so grateful. And then the third person is my mentor that I've been talking about on this channel a lot, who also created that program that we were able to attend and who has been mentoring me and supporting me and believing in me since day one, before I even believed in myself. And those three individuals, like that kind of SEAL team, that Marine SEAL team of create creatives and artists and amazing women, all women, all diverse women, okay, um, have really helped to push me to this point. And I do, I would be remiss for not acknowledging them. So having said all that, guys, I am starving. I'm going to get me some daily harvest and a flatbread and a smoothie because that's what your girl's trying to do right now. I might also just order a salad from Panera though, you know what I'm saying, being real. <laughs> um, it's been such a pleasure sharing these wins with you guys. And I hope that to a certain degree, for those of you who are looking to break into TV writing and screenwriting or novel writing, like if you're following my path or like following my journey and like watching it, I hope and pray that somewhere in this journey you feel resonance or you feel a connection or you feel some kind of hope because ultimately that's what I want this podcast to be. I don't market it. I don't try to like do refined versions of the podcast. I don't even have really a good intro i don't even have like an introduction or music that might change in the future but um the whole purpose of this podcast is just to leave behind a breadcrumb trail like for people who are looking for inspiration and tips and tricks and little nuggets that they might be able to use to get themselves to their own creative dreams and i hope that that is something that you guys are getting out of this podcast for me personally I'm not gonna live forever. And so this is gonna be for me something that I leave behind. Um, just like in terms of telling my story and telling my journey, cause nobody can tell it better than the person who's living it. Um, and leaving behind some kind of like creative journal that people and my daughter specifically can look into if they're interested. So that is it. That is my epic fantastical journey. And I'm gonna keep going on it as long as I'm meant to walk it. And I hope that you guys stick around for the ride. So I'm out. I'm going to get my smoothie. Um, stay, keep writing, guys. Okay. Keep it indie. Stay badass. Keep creating. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.